0: This year Halloween fell on a weekend, me and ghetto boys a trick-or-treating, robbing little kids for bags, till an old man got behind our ass, so we speeded up the pace, took a look back, and he was right before our face, he'd be in for a squabble no doubt,
1: so I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth. Hello and he welcome to the quarter to three games it, podcast it for the no final week of October or All Hallows Eve time, or Halloween, or whatever. Uh, My name is uh, Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Bayonetta 2.
2: And I am Chris Hornbostel, and my game of the week is not The Evil Within. Take that, McMaster. Oh,
0: right in the the goods. (laughs) (laughs) And I am... Special guest Stefan Deslock Janicki. My game of the week is not Shadow of Mordor.
1: No, but that's where the uh, you know the shadows lie.
0: I am increasingly bitter at the lack of a SLI official profile.
1: So yeah, which is kind of weird because they have that huge uh, that huge like texture pack that they released and that would kind of open it up to a lot more people.
0: Well, SLI doesn't, doesn't uh, allow you to access the additional memory in that respect.
1: Oh, well, that would, blows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> only, <laughs> yeah, so that would
0: be an additional benefit for sure, but, uh, but it, it would certainly increase the, sp- the frame rate, and there's there's ways to you know, unofficially enable SLI uh, just by making your own manual profile or, yeah. by, or by using the NVIDIA Spectre. But uh, Nvidia itself has actually posted saying that the engine's not compatible, which makes no sense, since... uh, That's weird. The other, some, you know, people had a a working profile within a couple hours of the game being released, so... Very (laughs) disheartened. Disheartened, my
2: friends. It just seems strange that a game that so clearly will... That once all the graphics hardware that you can throw at it doesn't have an SLI profile... That it is a little just, strange. That I mean it's clearly a game that uh somebody who has an enthusiast rig you know can use as, you know, uh a show off a show a showcase kind of game and for it not to have an SLI profile uh, I'm not I'm not bu- I'm not buying into the Nvidia company line that it's not compatible either, I don't think.
1: No, surely not. I mean with a little work it's you theory can do. Theory. I, I mean, think uh, I would think so, yeah it being monolith
0: and that uh, and that obviously had a good profile and that's what people are using in the Nvidia inspector oh to yeah unofficially you know make it work I mean it's not perfect, but you know you'd think they'd make it available as an option even if it had a few glitches
1: you would think so, yeah, you know, but uh they hate uh, us they hate us, not a lot of goodwill there no. <laughs> Only the console kids get to enjoy it. Yeah, no, yeah, um, bunch of jerks. Wait, I'm one of those guys. Oh wait, uh, but the uh, yeah, no, it's uh, but I already played through the whole thing and had my way with Mordor, so eh, you know what you're gonna well, do. then,
2: <laughs> so-
1: I am kind of looking forward to the DLC though, because I, I, uh, I did like the game that much.
0: Right. Actually, oh, I go shocking, ahead. I shockingly actually like the storyline from what I've seen It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um everyone's praising the systems and the and the AI and the the nemesis. But then again,
2: I'm I, I'm not a total Tolkien uh, I, I like him well enough, but I there are probably more people who are more there are people who are more purists than I
1: Oh, yeah, I know certainly there's a lot more people more pure than I when it comes to
2: that. Um, like Deslock, perhaps. <laughs> there's,
0: there's nobody more pure than me. It comes to, obviously. What a good spoken about. <laughs> oh, I
1: love cool. I, I think Lord
0: of the Rings is one of the greatest books ever written.
1: Like, uh, I like The Hobbit a lot. I mean, I like Lord of the Rings as well, obviously, but I was always a fan of The Hobbit. Um, I don't Not know. Sure. I guess it's because it's a children's story and I'm a big kid.
0: I like the Simmerillion because it's inaccessible so nobody <laughs> can enjoy it like I do. So.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, and then I, I didn't have to. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do well, love the, I do love the It, it yeah. takes a special kind of fan. <laughs> we'll just put it
2: that way. <laughs> a Tolkien hipster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, the, I, the beginning of the Simmerillion the creationist portion is 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 very hard going. But once you get into the high elves kicking more goths, butt it's it's great.
1: Huh. Well, I never made it that far, so I mean that might be that might yeah. be my failing there. The creation part was uh that was cool, something right? else.
0: You, we impose barriers to entry to dismiss the fools. I have to read like every other word or something. <laughs>
2: It's well, in I, code. I, will, uh, I, I, I think I'll probably end up. I actually stopped playing Shadow of Mortar for a while, but I think I'm going to come back to it. Right now, I'm trying to finish up uh, a couple of uh, horror-themed games because I'm really worried that you know, there's nothing time. worse like feeling like you're after the party sometimes and playing you know Halloween-themed stuff on like November the fifth. Yeah. It's like,
1: uh, <laughs> feel like a jerk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just feel like you showed up after everybody's left the party, and you're like...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, speaking of which, I guess we should get to the party. Uh, we were uh, talking um, recently, multiple times, and, uh, and, <laughs> and one of the things... Uh, uh, we were all talking about is how uh or, or what games we consider horror. and i I know uh Stefan has been playing uh a game for Halloween as he does every year uh that I plan to talk about but uh I would like to first say what what's your problem with evil within
2: okay well i like I like the idea of evil within. let me start out with that I like that 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 the game exists, and I actually really find find myself enjoying the combat a lot more than I thought I was, and as an action game, as a combat game, uh, I think there's a lot to offer there, where it kind of breaks down for me, at least right now, and I'm hopeful it'll get more coherent, but I'm not getting the horror part from the story very much. Uh, There's some great settings and stuff like that in the game, but... There's not enough of a narrative pull in the game. It just feels very jumbled Um, when we were doing, well, we're actually, I'm still doing on the front page, this survey of horror movies for the last 30 days. And I feel with The Evil Within kind of the same way I felt with Juan the Grudge, where it's like none of this makes any sense. This is just a bunch of stuff going on, but none of it ties together at all.
1: It's it's so, funny that you mentioned the Grudge because that is. Uh, I, while I don't completely wouldn't wouldn't make the uh, connection, I, I, I that was actually a very very good way to instill at least in me what you're trying to say because that that movie. Oh
0: God. What about the eye? Was that on your list as well?
2: We. You know what? I really wanted to do The Eye, and just where it fell in the part of the list. And that, that's the Chinese movie, correct? If I'm, remember, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe it's Chinese.
0: I thought it was Japanese as well.
2: Hmm. I, I just remembered that we had a whole lot of Asian horror movies all in kind of one block from the early to mid-2000s. And... Eventually, when we started cutting things down, it was one of the it was one of the last movies we cut, and I was kind of bummed about it because it's a movie I've never seen, and so I actually have it as I I have a note to myself in my calendar to go back and watch it later on.
0: It is a Hong Kong Singapore movie.
2: Okay. So
0: Wikipedia tells me.
2: <laughs> there you go. Cheating.
0: <laughs> I I did see it though, and it, it's you know it's. Somewhat acclaimed in horror circles. Uh, I saw it at the Toronto Film Festival back in like 2001. Um, and uh, you know, I I, I felt much the way you feel about, about the the grudge and uh, and evil within. It's just nonsense, stylized <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's and entertaining nonsense, but yeah, so. right a coherent narrative. Uh, it's like, okay. <laughs>
2: well, that, that that's disappointing. But yeah, that's definitely I think that's my problem with the evil within is it feels like a bunch of character archetypes and it feels like a lot of stuff that I remember from Resident Evil 4, but none of it really so far at least is really grabbing me in a narrative way and pulling me Along, you were a fan of Resident Evil Four, though. I wasn't the biggest fan of Resident Evil Four. I I appreciated it, and I saw why other people really liked it a lot. But it was another movie or another game that I don't know. It I don't know. Maybe maybe that style of survival horror. I know it's all the games are by the same developer, the same uh, same guy. Um, Maybe his style just kind of misses me.
0: Well, I was going to conclude that you don't like moving your feet, because <laughs> that, that was like the big improvement, right? Well, then you can move your feet and fire at the same time.
1: Shuffle. <laughs> Shuffle about Why firing a way? weapon. But yeah, no, thats I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, from the Resident Evil games, you always have to be stationary when you aim.
2: Yep. At least so... But uh, anyway, so that's my beef with it. I I will probably keep at it uh, for a bit longer, but I found myself moving on to other horror-themed games instead of focusing too much on that one.
1: It's incredibly difficult.
2: It is. And it, at times, almost feels unfair. Mm -hmm. At times, it feels like the game is penalizing you for wanting to explore it, which is not something that I like. Um, especially if it doesn't give you commensurate rewards for exploring. Like, I'm willing to go ahead and die a lot for exploring, but I want it, I want there to
1: be... What was it that you wanted?
2: Some kind of a payoff, a reward.
1: Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's kind of cut out there for a second. <laughs> oh,
2: sorry.
0: Yeah, we lost you entirely.
1: Um... But yeah, no, I I completely understand the. uh... It's uh, yeah a lot. I, I have a hard time getting into a lot of current games. though. so I don't know. <laughs> or 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 old games. Yeah. Or any.
0: <laughs> There's always a lot of trash. Um,
1: yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's like you, you just oh god, I've got, I have to calm it down because I used to get stuff for free and now I buy so much of it that it's like oh, but um. Yeah, it's been a, kind of a huge glut of disappointing stuff to me this year.
2: Right. Well, what are you guys playing? for? Are you guys playing, uh, obviously we're doing uh, horror games because we're right around Halloween, but what right. are you guys playing right now? Are Either of you, I guess, Stefan, uh, you're playing a horror-themed game, right? You do that every Halloween? I do. I'm so not... what? Are, what's this year's entry?
0: This year's entry is Dead Rising. Oh favorite. yeah, the game the I bought my, the original that I bought my Xbox 364, which was my <laughs> first console in a long time, and uh, <laughs> and I still have not gotten around to playing the game I bought with it. Well, I did I did buy Mass Effect with it as well, which is one of the which was probably the main reason
1: I bought it. Uh yeah, it's a good game, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I like Dead Rising so far. I mean, it's I haven't gotten as far as I would like, but um, we. I, I feel like I know you guys so well because we did this exact podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I did screw up the recording.
2: It, it's like deja
0: vu. <laughs> And so for for a while, I've been pretending to repeat the same things honestly, and i I actually can't. so I'm, I'm I'm spilling the beans that we're doing this for the second time if we act a little
2: <laughs> what don't let them look <laughs> behind the curtain.
0: yeah what others are they saying but anyway, what I was what what, what the the thing about uh, dead rising that i i did I liked a lot at the time, and now. That kind of feature is is has become so common that it's been taken for granted. But at the time, have, being you know injected in a George Romero style zombie apocalypse in an open world with lots of zombies around was extremely novel. I mean, it was it was kind of something that gamers had been looking forward to seeing, you know, ideally someday. And it never really was realized until Dead Rising in two thousand and six, uh, and but now, of course, there's a billion zombie games, and it's less less novel. But I still like the idea of being trapped in a mall and living out Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, no, it's
1: it's awesome. Um, in fact, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Dead Rising series. Uh, I even like, uh, I even liked a lot of the bosses and stuff. Though they, they can be really freaking frustrating. Um, but the I mean, yeah, the biggest novelty to the game, and I don't think anything really has done this since in a great way. I mean, I guess Left 4 Dead comes close, but the just just the sheer amount of zombies on screen, and I still don't think anybody does it as well. Um, it's just it, it's it's so it's novel, but it's but it's awesome.
0: Yeah, well, Dead Rising Three takes that obviously to a, a much further degree. Oh yeah. But I don't like I, I, I like the semi-serious at least tone of the original more than the sequels, which go for more kind of slapstick, MacGyver making crazy machine to bonk zombies on the head. I mean, you can kill zombies with teddy bears in the first one, but that's acceptable. That
1: oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I would the do it. Line
0: that could be drawn.
1: <laughs> you know, it's almost like you could say it's Evil Dead to an army of darkness. Um. Because, like, there's still this kind of element of trying to create horror in Evil Dead 2. There's all the gore and everything. And then Army of Darkness just kind of flips completely over to, you know, comedy action. Uh, And it's, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate both of them, but there is something uh, to be said that my favorite's Evil Dead 2. So, I'm with you on that.
2: Now, how are you you liking the... uh... The Konami style boss fights in uh, in the game. How how are those hitting you? Because that was my biggest problem.
0: Yeah, no, I despise them. Uh, <laughs> Do like, tell. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I've never really been a guy who likes boss fights in general. I hate the concept of boss fights in all games. In the same way I don't like, you know, quick time events. And it's just, I like you know a seamless experience that creates larger challenges in a more situational way as opposed to an artificial scripted you know this is now a superior individual plus i i mean it also kind of goes against what i like about Zombie games and the idea of walking around in a zombie apocalypse like Walking Dead or the Romero movies. Um, every you know what the zombies are an implacable threat that's relentless, but you know what they are individually, they're not tough. You know the
2: rules, yeah. You, yes, everybody yes. plays by the same rules, basically.
0: I don't like the fact that recent zombie games have felt the need to make zombies have different character classes and uh. You know, this is now a super tank zombie. You know, I, 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 no, no, they're not. Maybe, maybe if they were Germans and they, it's <laughs> on that would be okay. It's not <laughs> <a> over... zombies. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans are the Ubermen, so therefore, actually, they're tougher. You know, uh, they're sensible. Uh, the time tiny little Eskimos would be really (laughs) (laughs) weak.
1: On that note, uh, a friend of mine sent me a uh, sent me a a link the other day. There's this game coming out that has zombie mechs in it. Uh, And he was like, okay. uh,
2: mechs, yeah, Like they're they're dead? Like they're not alive mechs?
1: Yeah. And he he was like, I think we're done. I don't (laughs) think you can make anything else a zombie at this point. You know, zombie mechs. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> now what I what I will say um that I found for zombie games that addresses a little bit Stefan's problem with uh uh Dead Rising is a game like State of Decay. Now State of Decay absolutely does have the zombie character classes problem going for it, but at least in State of Decay what happens is Every time I've died so far in my current game has been because... (laughs) Anticipation. ...be in a situation where I wasn't expecting to get jumped, and I, you know, basically got lazy, I got (laughs) stupid, um just like a character in a zombie movie would get, you know, you see okay, right there's a ranger station and it's okay, it's just right down the road I could sneak up to it and creep up to it and make sure that the coast is clear, but the heck with it, I'm just going to walk on up there and, you know, there's a zombie That there are a couple of zombies there that I didn't expect or I go into a house that I know I've cleared because I know it's safe and I run in there and there's already, there's zombies that have repopulated in there and they want to eat me so that does address it a little bit but in addition to creating those situational problems, it still gives you the zombie character classes because they do get progressively, there there are not all zombies in State of Decay are created alike hmm.
1: You know, I haven't played the game very much. Actually, uh, I have it, and I've wanted to spend more time with it. But uh, there's just so many things, like all the time going on. Sure. You,
0: you make it sound like such drudgery.
1: I know. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus, which fantasy? Oh, no, <laughs> which fantasy power? Or your power fantasy? Am I gonna feed
0: today? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to have to play
2: games. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Thing ever. So, uh, wh- what was? What else have you guys been playing? Or what el- Like, I guess, uh, Stefan. Since you're on the podcast, we should talk about. I've always thought that one of the biggest failings, as far as genre failings for horror in games,
0: is. You cut out on me. Can you yeah, me? you're cutting out.
2: Classic. Am
0: I? Yeah. Yeah, you're cutting out our day.
2: Right. Chris, okay, am I still there?
0: you're still here yeah you you're there ninety nine percent of the time just okay. every time you start to tell us something very exciting
2: <laughs> well, I, was gonna... Gonna say, <laughs> I will edit it in post yeah <laughs> <laughs> we will fix it in post um what I was gonna say though is uh horror horror games and role computer role playing games. I've always thought that there was a big missed opportunity there, but then, Stefan, I know that you have the perfect suggestion for that. And,
0: like uh, System Shock 2. Yes.
2: Yep, that's the one. And yeah. I didn't even think about that, because I'm normally not a sci-fi kind of guy, but that's a great suggestion. I mean, are there other, though, role-playing games or games with role-playing elements out there besides that?
0: Well, the vampire games. I mean, there were two... Vampire Redemption and Vampire Bloodlines one is Bloodlines yep, no. is a much better RPG but uh, and neither one and, and it has some scary elements Redemption doesn't really have anything scary it's more of a but it, it's a it's, it's a, a little bit maligned it's not that bad a game oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bloodlines or uh,
1: Redemption no Redemption. Uh, Redemption yeah I liked it a good bit um yeah, but uh, Bloodlines, yeah, no. We, as we have possibly discussed in another life, <laughs> has uh, has one of my favorite horror uh, segments in it. And though the game itself isn't horror overall, uh, the haunted mansion, uh, the wraith mansion or whatever, is one of my favorite bits in any game ever. When it comes to like actual
2: scares, right, right. Now. One of the things that I've always thought is kind of one of the bigger failings is when I was much, much younger, there were two choices for us for pen and paper role-playing games. It was either uh, AD and Advanced Dungeons & Dragons or some other sword and, sword and cape game like RuneQuest or Swords & Sorcery or... And Trolls & Trolls. Trolls & Trolls. Occasionally, we would dabble in aftermath or traveler or uh, something like that. But Gamma I, World Boot Hill. Gamma World Boot Hill. There you go. That that's old school. <laughs> uh, why,
0: why has there never been a Boot Hill computer RPG? That would that's. Hey, that's it's. That's
2: really... I'll tell you what. Once somebody takes Call of Cthulhu and gives us a Call of Cthulhu based around that rule set with health and sanity and, you know, actually just adapts that to a game, then then go ahead and give me my Western RPG. I'm up for that, too. But it's always seemed like a big failure to me, that Call of Cthulhu, the pen and paper role-playing game system, has never really been adapted into a horror role-playing game for the computer. I don't know.
0: Because the owners are, are bozos.
2: <laughs> Apparently that's it. I, I just I can't understand. Like, are they saying we don't want to make money? We don't want to license this. Uh, I just I, I guess I don't get it because I think that that is something that enough people know. And anything Lovecraft these days seems to have a built-in audience.
0: Really? What I mean I, I mean Lovecraft is a perpetual um, you know, cult draw, but I mean there hasn't really been a mainstream of craft it any any type of game has it?
2: um I don't know I, I guess it's well enough known though and you see enough like geek culture creeping in on other things like comic books and stuff like that that you would think, Oh, I don't know if that's gonna be popular or not and then it ends up if you make it well enough it will I, I think it could be
0: um, it's no, it's no boot hill, my friend. <laughs> no, that's
1: true. And uh, Not everything can be, um, unfortunately. <laughs> the, uh, but now you know there have been a, a few attempts at Cthulhu stuff. I mean, not, but not exactly the Chaosium rule set as uh, we've discussed before. Like the original Lone in the Dark. Um, there was that Sherlock Holmes adventure game.
2: Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, Awakened or something, something like
1: that. that yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been a bunch of stuff like that, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think the Chaosium rule set would be pretty cool uh for something like a hell and isometric game, you know, like uh or like a, a turn-based like Fallout or Wasteland.
2: Oh yeah, I mean if you take something like Divinity Original Sin and uh oh, you yeah. know, use, use that kind of an engine for a Cthulhu themed game with the Chaosium rules, you know, sign me up for that.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um course, I think there's a lot of games that would be pretty cool that way. So I, I am kind of a sucker. Um, but yeah, uh, it is kind of weird that they never they never did that. Like I guess the big horror-themed uh, franchise uh, from that would have been Vampire, um, but it's not even really that horror-themed. So
2: right,
0: uh, kind of, sort of, yeah. kind of horrifying. I think the the thing about RPGs is, given their nature, their their long haul grind they're not really meant to really scare or horrify in a way, even if they have you know, subject matter like Vampire, World of Darkness. They're not going to be as actually scary as, you know, a first-person shooter for instance. That really draws you in. Right. Subjects, shocks and, and
1: jumps. And, and, so, right. and that was kind of a train of questioning I had last night. Is there really a, a horrifying turn-based game? Um... Which uh, I, I think uh, Stefan answered uh, exceptionally well, um, and I'll let you do so again. Enjoy. <laughs> papers.
2: <laughs> papers. Yeah, take buddies. it away. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs>
0: if you don't have Horrible your papers. papers. Oh, <laughs> um No, the example I gave was XCOM, um, and... Uh, Obviously, it's strategy game, not, not, not horrific unless you are terrible. But the uh, the first time you meet the chrysalids in the original game was one of my favorite kind of horror moments because by that time you already have considerable amount of of time and uh, and love invested in your characters, especially if you've named them after your real world buddies and family. <laughs> right, right. You know, you are know, feeling like a badass at that point. Uh, you know, you can handle sectoids and anyone on mutons that come your way. And then all of a sudden you run into these beetle like creatures and they move far faster than you anticipate and tear your guys and insta kill your strongest guys and and transform them into zombies and then they reproduce into chrysalids themselves. And what what, what a game that you think you have completely now suddenly becomes a horrific you know, team wiping <laughs> mission right? Uh, and uh that was just a great moment it was just uh you know it, when, when when you when you hit end turn you're actually terrified to see what they could do next when you when you hadn't encountered them before yeah, yeah Xcom
1: completely um personifies that uh I'm, it's always one of those games where you're like every time you hit end turn you're like <sighs> This is going to suck.
2: <laughs> right, right. Well, the other thing I love, too, is I actually, and even with the original, you know, whether it's the remake or the original, even some of those settings, like you're in some kind of a busted-up forest or forest or country field, you know, some farmer's field, some of the it, – it actually does, for what I assume is – Uh, in the original at least, has some, you know, procedural generation. I don't know whether it is or not, but it does do a really good job of kind of putting you in that place, and that also, at least for me, helps kind of ramp up the tension in a game of XCOM, and especially when you start getting up against chrysalids.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's... uh... Absolutely, uh, they're, they're such great games anyway. Um, did, did they have Chrysalids in the new one? They didn't, did
0: they?
2: No, not uh, not the new one. Just the original. Yeah. No, no.
0: They had, what are you fools? <laughs> what are you talking such nonsense? Of course they had Chrysalids in there.
2: In the well, that's that's right. That's right. They do. Hmm.
0: They, they they basically get, have the same abilities. They're a little. They were a little too easy, I think, in the original original release. They they subsequently boosted them and made them a little more terrifying but uh, yeah, really they were a little too easy in the in the remake as initially released which is the only time I played Xcom and you lost that effect because yeah the sheer horror <laughs> well,
2: I also in in the new one the uh, men in black looking aliens are uh, a terrific little horror creation when when those guys show up with the teleporting.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, the new one's actually a really good game too when it comes to horror. Um, can't believe I didn't think of either of those initially. Um, <laughs> but other, other than that, you know, really horror does uh, kind of require some manner of, uh, of like, I don't know, being able to put yourself directly in the world, I believe. Um, just being able to... Uh, I guess lose the perspective of of vision that you have in any other type of game. Uh, Because, you know, in like an isometric game, other than like Fog of War, you can see everything. You can see behind you. You can see, etc., etc. Whereas something like a first-person shooter you know, drops your vision to a a certain amount of uh, degrees in front of you, 60 to 90. Uh... And uh, it just kind of completely uh, puts you at the mercy of what you can display on the monitor at once. Um,
2: Right. Now... Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, and all the games that I think of as actually really frightening uh, are games like, you know, Alien at Last, Fear, uh, you know, at Last, sorry, in general, um, even like Doom Three, they're all kind of uh, not games that you want to play alone with the lights off on Halloween night because you just may not make it.
2: Well, there, there's definitely uh, there's definitely something to be said for that third person,
0: first person. Oh, we, we cut him off again.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's definitely something to be said for that uh, first person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> always, always such great timing on your cutouts. Yeah, that, that's.
2: Uh, but uh, am, am I? Am I? No, you. You're, yeah, out? yeah, yeah. I hear
1: you. It's okay. back now.
0: Sweet.
2: Okay, good. Um, the Fatal Frame series, however, which I still think is the scariest set of games I've ever played, does use a third-person camera over the shoulder for uh, everything. It's you can actually play in first-person mode in the. Uh, Xbox versions but uh, the original PlayStation versions are over the shoulder third person
1: yeah 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 you know, so many horror games do that over the shoulder um, yeah yeah well like uh, well, alone in the dark had that kind of uh, a lot of reasons it had that fixed camera you know uh, like Silent Hill um but yeah, it's a it's such a kind of weird uh weird thing that you can't it, well, it's not weird. I mean, obviously a lot of horror is uh based on the deprivation of senses. Um so, yeah, you know, being able to see completely around you I think kind of takes a, a lot of it out of it.
2: Now, one thing uh that I will mention that uh is brand new for this podcast or this version of the podcast is that within the last uh twelve hours Steam has started a sale on your favorite Halloween games or scary themed games such as Oh
1: yeah, yeah, actually you're right. The the big crazy crazy <laughs> sale, of course.
2: So it's nice that they're actually doing a sale on a few games. There are a couple of things that are in um early access right now that I think fit the horror bill a little bit. They're kind of on a new trend of introducing survival into things. Um, The Long Dark Mm -hmm. on I really they just i guess uh you were mentioning that they just put in a new patch, yeah, uh, a new version update, so I'm really dying to go back and jump into that, uh seven days to die is another game that's in early access, that's another zombie yeah. and crafting game um am oh, sorry the forest, yeah, the forest, the forest, yeah. yep, yep, and these are games that kind of pick up. With the uh, don't starve model of we're going to drop you into this situation and just see how long you can stay alive, and eventually they mostly end up with you dying as you should as should happen in a good zombie or survival apocalypse game. But I think that's kind of the new hotness right now in horror games.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it totally is. Um, today, uh, I know we recorded a pretty long um, stream for uh, the the Lawn Dark, with uh, my, my wife Sarah playing for the, the new thing, and it, it looks really fascinating. Uh, they added, like, an entire new area to it, but the whole idea of the Lawn Dark is that you're uh, crashed in, like, the frozen north uh, of Canada, and uh, there's been, like, a, a world-ending event, and you're trying to survive... Uh, as That's long as sweet,
0: you
1: can field Right, right Towards, uh, say, January In uh, Manitoba I've heard that it, it It's much it, It's just a simulator um, At that point um, But sure. You just don't You don't have to plug in Your uh, car or anything In this one Um the uh but you, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but you can scavenge for all sorts of things and you and you really you can you know you can craft now and then anything but you're really the really the thing is just like seeing how long you can survive which is a, such a huge trend uh you know i mean right he, he's, like you mentioned there's 7 days to die um which kind of gives away the surprise ending um. There's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trust me. It's. Not, I've never made it to seven days. I just die.
2: No, I haven't. I skipped North the first North.
1: part. Um. And then there's. Yeah. Stuff like Daisy. Uh. Stuff like Rust, which I actually didn't play Rust. Uh. But it. It looks cool. I just. Uh. I just. I, I've never played it because I. I don't know. Like. Uh. Like in Daisy. I. I just can't take the hell is other people kind of thing. <laughs> uh, it drives me. It drives me kind of nuts. Uh, but I'm co- completely fascinated by it. I just can't play it.
0: It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's, it's Daisy is right. definitely. I, actually, I find all the Armlet kind of variants are are more fun to watch than to play. But uh, I, I mean, I, it's the kind of game that I, I think I would have been obsessed with when I was flunking out of school. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now as a responsible adult. He was unemployed. I just can't.
2: I can't spend the time doing it. <laughs> you know, so. it. It feels like it feels like it needs that MMO style commitment. Right. Yeah, right.
0: You know, you know, Daisy might be the greatest game ever if you have your forty friends who are you know roving as a pack. Yeah, imposing your will upon others, but as a as a hapless individual you know, walking into that game, you're just asking to be pummeled and
1: Abused. You know, it's funny too because mentioning an MMO, I know Sony Online Entertainment is uh, working on one, a zombie one right now, um, called I think H One Z One.
2: Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Matt, yeah. Next <that's> time. <laughs>
1: and um, it's really, uh, it looks interesting. It's also, I, I, I kind, I think you can craft and all that stuff in it as well. So I'm curious as to what, like, a large, sustained world. Zombie game is going to be like, um, yeah. Of course, they're actually doing a lot of interesting things at Sony Online, so it's it's hard to say whether it's going to be good or bad. But I am curious,
2: right?
0: You can take advantage of this of the Steam sale to buy such war games as Spore.
2: No, <laughs> 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 I saw
0: like there's Scare the shit out of me! I was Spore. Other than if you try and actually enjoy yourself.
1: I mean, Contraption Maker. I mean, you know. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I think I think Spore is a very scary game if you were on the PR team having to promote oh, it. Oh, Jesus. And your bonus was tied to sales of Spore, perhaps. Or, uh, I
0: suspect it actually sold re- reasonably well. Oh, I'm but sure it did.
2: I'm sure it did. You're right, but what, let's say that, uh, I don't know, that you were in charge of what the Metacritic scores were going to be on that game. Oh, which if Metacritic was even a thing when *Sport* came out, which is maybe also not a thing.
1: But yeah, no, the, uh, as much as I actually did like that game, um, to, or like the concept of it, uh, it's
0: one... Everyone what, liked the concept, right? I me. Mean, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Like black, it's like black and white. Everyone That's
1: it. exactly like what I was gonna white. say. It was, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's his personal black and white. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, yeah, such great horror games as spore. And uh, you know
2: what what you can find in that sale are a couple of worth playing adventure games that, and you know, actually, for me, I'm such a narrative guy. When I look for uh, horror in a video game, I, I kind of need narrative, and so I tend to eventually gravitate towards adventure games. And this kind of goes back to the horror movie series that uh, I've been working on on the front page, and we're now, thank thankfully, almost done done with for good for uh, this year. But uh, one of the movies we did was a movie about uh, came that uh, we covered last week called the Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee, and it's a little Canadian independent movie that it's was. Yep, filmed on location in Toronto. And the premise of the movie is this guy goes into the house, like he's been estranged from his mother for years, goes into her house uh, after she's died, and is trying to reconnect and figure out what her life has been like and all this other stuff. And it reminds me a lot of an adventure game like Gone Home, Where in Gone Home, it's a character that returns home from being abroad in Europe and is trying to reconnect with what her family is like from picking up scraps of paper and things like that. In this movie, the character comes back home and he's trying to basically do that and also, I guess, eventually starting to figure out, trying to figure out why things are so weird around his house. And so, you know one of the games that this movie really reminded me of is a 2006 adventure game from a guy named Augustine Cortes, who is an Argentinian fellow. And in 2006, he put out a game called Scratches. And Scratches is kind of your basic haunted house adventure game. But it feels a lot like Gone Home, if Gone Home was actually a straight up horror game, which, spoilers, it, it actually kind of isn't. But what happens in Scratches is you're a novelist, uh, your literary agent has rented you this house to help spur on your writing, and you go into the house and everything else and it turns out it's all still furnished from the, by, from the folks who used to live there, and it's been deserted for years, and it's been kept up But nobody will spend the night there. And, you know, the upkeep crew that, you know, maintains the house won't do anything other than maintain it. And so you get to wander around this house trying to figure out what the deal was with the former owners of the house. And once you get past some of the contrivances earlier in the game that, make it so that you're kind of locked into this house and can't just say, well, it's getting scary here. I drive off, you know, the game has to put you into the, in the house and make you stay there. If you can get past that. And if you can get past the fact that it forces a lower resolution on you and playing in a window, It's actually a really effective little horror point-and-click adventure game, and I just noticed today that it is in the Steam sale for all of $0.99. So for a buck, it might be worth a look for you. And that's that's the horror game I'm actually playing right now.
0: $2.74, System Shock 2.
2: There you go. There, there's another. There's another great. And State of Decay is also on sale. I believe all of the different versions, sixty six percent off, whatever that is. So, absolutely. There there are actual horror games on sale right now in the Steam sale. Yeah,
1: and you should you should really get System Shock too. I'm speaking to everyone. <laughs> I don't care if you've had it before or not. Just get it again. It's two dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Be afraid of the psychic monkeys, my friends. Oh yeah,
1: you should be. And uh, was it the mothers?
0: Is it mother or baby? One of the great thing, one of the great things about System Shock Two that makes it so terrifying is the sound. It's like there's yeah. very few sort of had better sound than System Shock Two. And I, I do find in general horror games are you know it's the same you know, things that jump out are I guess can Make you jump. But the kind of really creepy thing is when you hear like enduring sound effects that, you know, are gradually getting louder or just kind of, they right. just are terrified to hear, you know, because you know something pending uh, okay. is going to happen and do terrible, terrible
2: things to you. <laughs> so the cool. anticipation, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you,
1: uh, I got a great story about sound design. I don't know how great it is, but it's a story. That involves sound. <laughs> um, when the Xbox 360 came out, um, being the crazy person that I am, uh, I went out and got it at midnight. Um, and I had—I I went. This is already terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> no, and I had a—God, uh, oh I was stupid. I had, for some reason, I had not reserved one, mostly because I hate GameStop, and I eventually just stopped going there altogether, so I haven't been in years now, but uh, I had put myself on a list at a local GameStop, I got it, and uh, went home, uh, picked up Condemned, uh, and a couple other things, and you know, I get home, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I have a surround sound system that I'm pretty proud of even though I'm sure it's not the best thing in the world it's something I've cobbled together that works pretty well it's kind of like my Millennium Falcon and uh <laughs> and uh so I turn it up and everything and uh I'm in my old house in Cincinnati and uh, it's a really old creaky house all hardwood floors like over 100 years old blah 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 you know And my, I
0: think that's your Millennium Falcon yes
1: well it was until I got rid of it um, and uh, I, uh, my wife was in bed and so I'm like you know I played around with god whatever cameo, uh, for a little bit right yeah and yep. then, that
2: was a release title
1: and uh, so I was like oh, I'm going to check this Condemned out so I throw it in. I got all the lights off. Um, I'm sitting there, and like you get through the first part. And for anyone that hasn't played Condemned, uh, to me it is one of the scarier games uh, when it comes to just like shock value and kind of sound design. Uh, because like you you're almost always using a melee weapon. And it's almost always pitch black with, like, a very small circle around you that you can see. And you're in these, like, uh, warehouses that have crazy people in them with, like, crowbars and rebar trying to kill you. And uh, so I'm just kind of, like, sneaking through this warehouse. And I start just hearing, like, psychopaths, like, skittering around and screeching and, like, gibbering and... I turned it off and just went to bed. I couldn't handle it. It was just way too much for me um but yeah there's a there's a horror game for you if you haven't yep. played it. I...
2: I have have nothing but good good things to say about Condemned as well. That was definitely one of the scarier games that I played in uh, the 360 generation of games. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's weird to me because like the story is uh, for the most part it it has it doesn't have a great payoff, but it has like so many great moments uh, that lead up to it. Like you know, uh, mannequins are horrifying. Uh, and old creepy mannequins are even more horrifying and you know there's this moment in Condemned where you like you fall through the floor or something and you end up in like this you're in this department store and you end up in this room just full of old mannequins and then like your light flashes and they've all changed position you know and they all keep like getting closer and closer to you too you're like surrounded by them and stuff It's it's that kind of thing that just really really does it for me sometimes so yeah yeah Condemned Condemned. <laughs> the, the ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, so uh, outside of horror are you guys playing anything uh, this week, anything new and exciting?
2: Yes. Well <laughs> I, I can't, all right. I, I that's all knew. I wanted. <laughs> 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 all right, For, well, good. Correct. <laughs> Stefan, what are you playing? Go ahead. No yeah
0: you uh, you, you, just, you were hot to drop. Yeah, come
2: on. Who, me? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Unity is coming out, and I can't wait to get my French Revolution on. Oh, yeah. And so I have been frantically spending as much time as I can finishing up Assassin's Creed 3, and uh, also playing Assassin's Creed Pirates with Assassin's Creed 4. And what I'm hoping to do is eventually get around to uh, joining the French Revolution and storming the Bastille by sometime in mid-December. So that's kind of what I've been playing.
0: You're a wannabe Jacobite.
2: Exactly. Well, if I can stab a guy in a bathtub, that's going to kind of make my day.
0: Which side of the French Revolution would you have been on?
2: You know what? I I'm gonna to have to sit down with my Simon Schama and then I'll tell you later once I once I reread my history.
0: The German side.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the the non-royalist side
1: in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No. I'm looking forward to to Unity, of course, being an Assassin's Creed it, fan.
2: Yeah. I I I know that they're plenty of, you know, when people talk about the games being repetitive and, uh, you know, stuff like that, I, I can't do anything but nod my head and agree, but I'm such a history honk that I still enjoy them in spite of some of the warts on that series. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it looks cool, and you'll get to make
0: so many Lame as Rob jokes that it'll...
2: Exactly. Yeah. Now, Stefan, what have you been playing?
0: I've been playing. I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but I've been playing RPG. What?
2: Really? A role playing <laughs> game, huh?
0: Um, it's funny, I mean, because you were saying earlier, uh, I can't remember, one of you guys was saying that this year was kind of disappointing or, or arduous, as, uh, <laughs> as Jason was saying. Um, whereas, you know, this. Like I, I find the last couple of years were just terrible for games that I like. Um, I've like I've been kind of subsisting on games that came out in 2011 for a long time now because that was kind of like the mecca where Dark Souls, Witcher, 2, oh, yeah, Witcher and, two, baby, yeah. and Skyrim came out. That was kind of three very different RPGs, all great. Yeah. Love them all. And then there was nothing uh, for three more years. You know, basically, (laughs) there. I mean, there were a few like Mass Effect Three and stuff, but but now this year is just such a crazy year for RPGs. You know, we've already had so many great ones. We have the South Park RPG, the Divine, the Divinity Original Sin, a a new Dark Souls game, um, and uh, Wasteland Wasteland, Two is like far exceeded expectations. And even the new the new Dragon Age looks like kind of a step back. Towards what we what people liked about the first one um, and hated about the second one, right. and uh, you know it's just been you know the Diablo three expansion was pretty good. You know it's just been a a really really good year for RPGs, and so that's what has been occupying my time. Well,
1: yeah, I mean uh, Reaper of Souls is pretty damn good, um, and I am looking forward to like Dragon Age.
2: Yeah, I, I will probably eventually go into Dragon Age as well. But so, what what specific uh, RPGs have you been playing? I think I know this answer. But for the folks listening at home,
0: <laughs> so of course, because this has been such a fantastic year for RPGs, <laughs> I've been playing a game from many, many years ago. But since oh, good, ninety-seven. A-
2: well, as you will,
0: I play. I just replayed replay the original Fallout. Great game.
2: How did it hold up?
0: I think it holds up great. I mean, I okay. I, I I replayed it for the first time and uh I have I've played that game about 15 times. And it's a relatively short game, so you can and it really does reward replaying because you can play such unique and distinct characters and actually role play a personalized adventure. And um and it holds up great. It's I mean, the humor is great, the settings great and my, I, I started playing it as part of the quarter to three classic gaming club, uh, which has been going on for about a few months now. And uh, my premise was to try and play through all the Fallout games consecutively uh, <laughs> to get ready for Fallout Four.
1: Yeah, <laughs> God,
2: you got some time. Yeah,
1: you know, I that's a discussion yeah. I have like all the time. Well, I mean, you know they have to be making it.
2: Oh, of course. I have to be. So Somebody's making it. Now, how far along are you in your uh, playthrough? Are, you said you're through with uh, the first Fallout, right? So okay. are you in Fallout 2? Are you in Fallout Tactics?
0: I'm in Fallout 2. And one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to do this as well was because I've never played Fallout Tactics, which is, you know, it's semi-canon, but it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> to say it best. I mean it wasn't done by the same kind of team at Interplay that did uh the first two, but there are some features and plot developments in tactics that are were included in Fallout Three, even though you know, Todd Howard expressly said Fallout Tactics was not canon. Certainly Fallout Brotherhood of Steel is not canon and we're pretending it never happened. Uh, <laughs> and there's people that you know there's people that pretend Fallout 3 didn't happen or and that isn't canon and only stick Yeah, through. we know it who
1: is. those people are though. So, <laughs> and we can ignore them.
0: I'm not one of them. No.
1: No, <laughs> obviously. They they have uh they have their own special place and they can
0: stay there. I'm looking forward to playing Fallout New Vegas mod by Josh Sawyer, one of the, the lead designer of the original game who came up with his own kind of hardcore mod. Maybe it was his preferred design for the game that was toned down to be a little more accessible, or maybe it was just you know, if he, if he wasn't if he had no responsibility to make a game that could possibly be commercially successful, this is what he would make. This is his artistic design, his preferred style of play, and uh, I'd love to, I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into a, a more hardcore version of
1: What's the name of the mod?
2: Uh, <laughs> all I
0: know, <laughs> I only know it as Josh Sawyer's mod.
2: It, and it's a survival mod, right? It adds things like uh, hunger and thirst and sleep and exposure and stuff like that, like the Skyrim survival mods.
0: Yeah, it, it adds. Uh, it adds, you know, simulational aspects like that, but it, but generally makes the game. Harder in general, Uh, you know. In terms of so you, you, there's fewer resources. But one of the things that that bugs a lot of gamers about Fallout Three and and New Vegas to a lesser extent is just the sheer, you know. Many years after the apocalypse, there's so there's mountains of ammunition lying around everywhere. (laughs) You know, it's it doesn't feel like you know that you have to scavenge at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm Uh, with you there. Yeah instead you're 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 wondering how many thousands of rounds of ammunition can I carry uh, and in Fallout 3 the, the answer was all of them is,
2: yes all of them <laughs> ammunition weighed nothing yep
1: <laughs> so, uh,
0: so Fallout New Vegas did have a hardcore mode where where ammunition did have weight so they already what you know moved a little bit away from um, from the accessibility of Fallout 3 but uh, but the mod make, goes even further and makes it uh, makes it actually challenging,
2: huh? And that's by Josh Sawyer, the one of the original Obsidian designers on Fallout New Vegas, correct? That's
1: right, lead designer.
2: Lead designer. Well, there you go.
1: Mean, mean ride. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of Elder Scrolls games uh, and Fallout games, etc., You know, I played all of them with the exception of like Redguard.
0: Yes. Did you ever play Red I Guard? Red Guard. Yeah.
2: I played Red Guard. Hand, hands in the air if you played Red Guard. I, right, I, he- I, right here. I like, I I like
0: Red Guard. I've, I've I've been bugging Bethesda to release it in a way that's playable.
2: Right. You know, on systems. It's a 3DFX engine, if I Is remember that... correctly. Or was it Direct3D?
0: No, it was 3 d FX. You're correct. Okay. So, uh, you no, know, you'd have to use a wrapper to uh, make it, and it, you know if you want. I mean, software mode is, of course, horrible. I mean, the one the one thing uh, about Redguard for Elder Scrolls fans is it's set during the Second Age, like Elder Scrolls Online, so it gives it gives you know a window to uh, a part of of the lore of that world that isn't explored in the mainstream games, and it's also. Was the first game in the ser- in the Elder Scrolls series that was led by Todd Howard, who went on to do, you know the, you know the games from Morrowind and Oblivion yeah. and Skyrim. So uh, so you know it's I think it's an important game in the series, and it's actually a, a, a really good adventure game. So
2: that that's what I remember, and I don't know you know it's been since gosh I want to say two thousand or two thousand one that I've played it. Maybe 1999, even I can't remember, but I do remember that the writing in that game was actually very strong. The story is actually very good, um, and it, so yeah, I, I'd love to see a playable version of that.
0: Oh yeah, it's set it's set in a, a of an area of the world that has been very you know we hasn't been explored very much at all, and it features the Red Guards. Yeah, um, which, I like the African crew. Of uh, that moved to that immigrated to the co- the main continent and Tamriel, and there you know there's just been very little exploration of their culture and and you know their the way their society is other than this adventure game, which uh, you know I think it's 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 disappointing that it's not otherwise generally available, like Tie Fighter and X Wing, which are finally available this week. Yeah, too. that's really exciting. So, yeah. You gotta love TIE but Fighter. Bethesda hasn't worked with GOG, um, and uh, which is disappointing. Right.
1: Yeah, that that seems like it'd be pretty pretty high up in their, uh, you know, they could re-release, like, Daggerfall and Arena and everything. Uh, you know, Daggerfall was my favorite. I mean, up until, you know, realistically, <laughs> until, like, Skyrim, I think. Um,
2: uh-uh. I enjoyed reading the usenet discussions of Daggerfall almost as much as I enjoyed playing the game Daggerfall. <laughs>
0: Were you using <laughs> using uh, trigger cut back then on the Usenet?
2: Uh, I I may have been, yes, but uh, mostly yeah. back mostly back then I was just sort of uh, just watching watching the fun uh, about people, yeah. It, it was just an enjoyable time to be on, on Usenet. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Yes. For,
0: for uh, <laughs> cannon or musket enthusiasts. I was a, i was a big Usenet guy, and uh, I I loved it. It was a it was a wild west, and yet people still, you know, while while there were ridiculous flame wars, it you know there wasn't the same kind of. Hostility and sheer aggression that there is now in some message boards.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> though there is some particularly famous vitriol that uh, is fun to look up in the old Google archives. But yeah,
0: <laughs> it was more in the strategy using that. Group yeah, people. the war gaming or, or whatever. yeah, strategy. The Compsys, IBM, PC strategy. Oh, was the big, yeah. All the <laughs> the yeah
2: <laughs> Jesus
1: um, But yeah I know And uh, I guess when it, If it's uh, my turn to go uh, The uh, game I've been playing this week Has been uh, Sunset Overdrive And I'm I'm pretty torn ab- about it um, What's Sunset Overdrive? Sunset Overdrive is a game by Insomniac And it is oh, okay. uh, Xbox One exclusive Which is kind of weird for Insomniac But um they it's it's a uh I don't even know how to describe it. Um it looks like they're trying to make uh, Crackdown Meets uh Jet Set Radio. Um it, and maybe a Tony Hawk game in there as well. Um where uh okay. you you play this guy who Uh, I guess, was working at some party or something, and it's this big energy drink reveal party, but everybody that drank it turns into, like, these mutants. And it's all over the top, and, like, you know, you're getting combos and stuff. It has that kind of Dead Rising feel to it as well, because you're using crazy weapons and stuff, though you don't really make as many of them as you do in Dead Rising. Um... And uh, you know, it's got kind of a, a punky soundtrack, and all the characters are obnoxious and all that. Um, but I guess what, and I don't know if this makes me a prude or not, but uh, the this is, I think, the first game that I thought had maybe too much cursing. And prude. and I'm a fan of Bulletstorm, <laughs> so I'm like a little surprised, I would say, by. Fear you know it's like there's there's no it's it's not even like it's just like it's peppered give, give us martin, an
2: example martin scorsese the video game
1: oh it's hard to give an example cuz really it just is constantly people saying fuck
2: <laughs> like
1: just constantly <laughs> and it's like you know i i don't care whatever but it's it just seems kind of like it's thrown in there sheerly to be in there uh in fact it's uh, as uh, someone I was talking to mentioned, it's the first game I can remember in a while that actually has a language filter, profanity filter ability uh, in the huh. options. Um,
2: like for even the sound or just like subtitles? I
1: think it's for sound. And um, huh. it, I don't... And I guess that's that's what I don't understand uh, about the game is that it's like it's it just... The whole thing seems to be trying really hard to appeal to um i don't know someone that's not me you know like i really i really like the idea of grinding around and blowing up you know mutants and stuff and it's all trying to be self-aware you know like oh it's a magic voice telling me how to play the game you know and you have back and forth with the announcers and I mean there's likable stuff about it. Just there's it just I don't know, it just really doesn't click with me.
0: Um it just seems like a game for douchebags. <laughs> maybe
1: maybe that's why I'm having a problem with it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> it just I, I really hate the st- the graphical style and you know, the hipster faux pho- hipster. It just seems to be trying too hard.
1: Yeah, that's I guess that's what I would say too. And it's not like there's anything um like, really, that, you know, bad about the game. It controls fine, you know, and all that. It's just not, I don't know. Uh, one thing that bugs me about games, and yet I still always play the games that do this because I'm sick in the head, is that I, I hate it when games, like, force you to constantly take a mission to do something. Like an open world game. And Dead Rising does it too, to an extent, because all the stupid freaking survivors. But, um, it, it, the game, games, like, kind of put you in this sense of, like, urgency all the time, if it's an open world game.
2: Right. You have to go do this right now, but not really. Right.
1: And, uh,
2: but, but they say it anyway, and you feel like you have to go, if you don't go rescue the whatever, or go do the thing of a bob, that, uh,. You,
1: you, are gonna. Yeah, it's it's gonna. <laughs> You're
0: gonna get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but your
0: penalty for not doing your quest. Which silence.
1: Which I guess completely also plays into my my thing about and I've, Tom and I have talked about this time and time again is that I have this thing about role playing games where when they give you a quest to go save somebody, I uh, I never do side quests because I always like there's just <laughs> part of my head that goes like, okay, so this person is about to be murdered by, like, my worst enemy in a horrific way. And on the way there, I'm going to pick up, like, ten sheepskin. Or, you know, something like that. Or stop and run some errands for somebody on my way to, like... (laughs) That drives me insane. So, like, I guess it's that whole sense of urgency
0: thing. The problem is whenever they've tried to put actual timetables that matter in RPGs people just get more discouraged.
2: Like people get cranky about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the original Fallout's a great example of that, right? It had
2: two <laughs> big right? The,
0: the outrage towards them, it's like, whoa, you mean I actually have to try and save the world? With it actually is an urgent
2: question.
0: Yeah. We're- Because, I mean, I think there's something natural that open world RPGs people just like to be able to freely explore in a stress-free manner.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, One of my my good friends is... (laughs) He's kind of crazy, and he's obsessed with finishing every game in order, and he's also obsessed with trying to see everything in every game. And that's why games like, you know, Witcher and stuff like that drive him insane, because you can't... Realistically, in The <laughs> Witcher, do everything because they specifically put in quests that don't affect anything right. for like five hours of gameplay. So yeah, that that drives him nuts. But I think the one that killed me, speaking of timetables, is um, the way the difference between he and I playing uh, the latest Deus Ex game. Um, because like in the beginning of that game, if you'll remember. There is... The first thing they tell you is that a bunch of factory workers have been kidnapped. And they're being held hostage. And they're going to kill them in, like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, or something. And and you have to go do it immediately. Or they're dead. You know? And me, being Mr. Crazy, can't not do the quest. I'm like, okay. So I just, like, haul ass and, like, kill everybody and save all the hostages. And then, like, I'm checking out. Like, I'm hanging out with him when he's playing. And he gets the quest, and then he, like, sneaks into the bathrooms and listens to people talk in the bathroom for, like, 45 minutes. And then he, like, goes upstairs and, like, hacks <laughs> into everybody's computer. And he just, like, does all this stuff. Of course, when he gets there, everybody's dead. You <laughs> know, they're all like, oh, okay. So that drove him crazy, too, and that amused the hell out of me. And that's my story about timelines. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, no, I, like, I like timelines. I wish they were... uh you know, maybe it should be a setting. I mean, but uh, two of my favorite games of all time had oh. Meaningful Times followed in Star Control 2.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... You know, a lot of strategy games kind of have some somewhat of a meaningful timeline, too. But, yeah, in RPGs, it, it's it's kind of a, a big deal. Um, but, in yeah, so many people don't like it. They don't really do it that often. You know, I mean, Dead Rising did it. Um to I'm not really sure how good of an extent I mean it's really irritating sometimes when you're it's like being a kid in a candy factory when you're in the mall and everything and then you have to go like oh god I gotta go drag this asshole all the way back to like our safe house because they're too stupid to like manage to not get murdered by zombies if I don't do so Um, so yeah the uh, timelines are good but man they sure do turn people off yeah. It's
0: like any other thing. I mean, they can be designed well or they can be designed really irritating. Yeah.
1: Um But yeah, so I guess with with Sunset Overdrive, uh getting back to the game it's like there's it's like it's got that whole kind of crackdown appeal to it, but it, it just doesn't speak to me like Crackdown did. It's uh it's not as clever as Crackdown, I don't feel. It speaks to me. It's it's a don't <laughs> That
0: you're a douchebag. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, there is that, obviously, but
0: like I, I don't I, like it's the kind of game that I feel like okay, maybe I'm too old for this game, uh, and this is all real fun and trendy, but I kind of get the impression that no, this is like done by 50 year olds who think this is trendy.
1: That's what I kind of feel too, to be honest with you. It has that feel to it where it's like, yeah, these uh, <laughs> this the kids will like this, right? This. <laughs>
0: exactly. It seems like it's trying to. Yeah. A, there's nothing. It's just. It seems heavy-handed. Yeah.
1: Heavy
0: and unfun. And it. I don't. Maybe the mechanics are fun, but I, mean, like, but I hate it. Stuff.
1: Yeah. It's. Uh. I don't know. I, I'm still. Kind of, yeah. I'm not sold on it. I don't know. There, there are cool things. Like, uh, I like. There are like a million different ways that you respawn. There's all sorts of like references and stuff in them uh, that are pretty cool. Like they have a portal respawn where you know blue and orange portal, and you like flip around for a bit, and then it turns off, and you land. And then there's you know one where you rise from a grave and you're a zombie for a second and stuff. I mean, there's like you know there's cool stuff in it and it's it's a big world and you know some of the trends transver- tra- 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 traversal uh, stuff is pretty cool uh you know there who's to argue about you know rail grinding and jumping around and stuff uh, but yeah at the end of the day i don't, I don't know I don't think it's gonna stand up but I am gonna try a bit of co-op uh, and see if that improves the experience because it does have like a huge uh, co-op uh, as well. So uh, I'm curious how that goes, but yeah, Sunset Overdrive. Eh, I'm not sure about that game.
2: It's very well reviewed. Yeah,
1: it really is. Actually, um,
2: what what do you think the Metacritic score is for uh, Sunset Overdrive, Mcmaster? Uh, if you're gonna get
1: 83.
2: Wow, good guess. You're probably looking at it right now. It's actually 82. No, right I'm right not now.
1: looking at it, but oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I almost guessed a little bit higher, but that actually is pretty good for a. a
2: that's, that's a great Metacritic score. Yeah. Man. So,
1: I'm wondering about I've, that Lords of the Fallen, but I've not heard anything good, so I'm just going to let that one slide.
0: <laughs> yep. So. Still no reason to buy an Xbox One. That's my, that's my review of... Sunset <laughs> Overdrive.
1: Yeah, I I don't know when. Uh, I'm kind of... like I'm looking forward to the Master Chief collection just because I want to see a restored Halo 2, but... Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh they they've got some stuff coming out. They've got more exclusives than this or more interesting exclusives for the most part that are coming up soon. But yeah, I think the PlayStation 4 is pretty pretty firmly the best of the two consoles at the moment for just games. Now, I use my Xbox One more because I use it as my television and you know uh, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff. Uh, but for playing games, I've been kind of going
0: PS4, So I like the controller. I like I like the exclusive better on the PS4. As well.
1: well, I mean, down the line, I'll say it's probably a stronger thing. There's
0: there's, there's no great exclusive no. right now for either. Mm. It's a must-play. No, I, I agree, yeah. I,
2: mean, I would agree if, as well.
0: Especially if you're uh but i mean in the last gen I, I i definitely like the uh the playstation exclusives more i mean if you're not a halo or gears of war guy and i am i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> i i mean i like those games crackdown i guess that was yeah they had some weird I, exclusives that kind of
1: i liked a lot for the xbox uh,
0: i much prefer last of us
1: well yeah yep. i mean uncharted and last of us of course you know um Little Big Planet. I, I'm not a huge uh, Little Big Planet fan, so Demon's
0: Souls.
1: Well, yeah, Demon's Souls is one of my favorite games. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting time, right between when all the good stuff comes out. Like uh, I'm, I've certainly been missing RPGs, uh, and hopefully, Dragon Age will, will be good. Because um, otherwise, I think we're going to be waiting till Witcher three otherwise.
2: Yep.
0: Although there's so many good ones that have come out this year, I have no doubt that you could find some great RPG goodness you've missed out on.
2: Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. I I haven't even really touched uh, Divinity Original Sin I like yet, it. But it's all right. I, I, I've gotten, like, just into the first town and got kind of overwhelmed <sighs> by how awesome it was and decided... I've got to come back to this when I can concentrate. Oh, dude, you'll be
1: in that first town for most of the time. There's so (laughs) much game there. Um, Awesome. Yeah, so much game. Um, But, yeah, so, uh, so, you know, we're all playing old games and new games and most of us, uh, yeah. Most of us aren't complaining about the drudgery. Yeah, no. (laughs) Hey, two out of three ain't bad. As I believe Meatloaf said. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you know we're wrapping up the uh, the horror on the front page stuff for all the movies, so that will be yes. um,
2: two two more to yeah. go. Two more to go.
1: And uh,
0: yeah, spooky times almost over. So I've had my my alternate programming on the uh, on the horror movies because I, I, I I've been doing my own little festival. Uh, oh yeah, which I've been tweeting because uh, I, I mean I'm, I'm more of a classic horror guy. I mean, I right. like Hammer horror. Oh, and, sure. The like, Goose, Arlo, Surprise, and there's there's still so many of those movies that uh, that it's hard to have seen them all. I mean, because so many of them were possible to find for years until digital distribution and and uh, you know Netflix and fixed Media and TCM started picking up a lot of the harder to find yeah
1: ones. absolutely and uh, yeah digital distribution has been pretty awesome for for that like I love uh, I love going through like Netflix or Hulu's uh, movie collection because you know Hulu has like Criterion and uh, so it's fun to go through all those and just kind of not available in Canada <laughs> what Hulu isn't? Oh, uh, another great thing about being American. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: <laughs> and Netflix is pretty bad in Canada, I think.
1: Oh, well, it. I mean, to be honest with you, they're trying to ruin it here, too. But that's, you know, cable companies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no. Um,
1: But, yeah, so uh, I guess with that, we'll uh, go ahead and call it an evening and uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us and uh, follow uh, Deslock on uh, Twitter and uh, is there anything you would like to uh, to say Stefan in defense of yourself
0: I need no defender. I'm
1: always willing to fight. Well, there
0: for myself. Well,
1: there you go. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Stefan and Chris for joining me this evening. And um, you know, please rate us on iTunes uh, if you're going to do it nicely. Otherwise, don't. And if you use Amazon, please uh, search for stuff through our front page. And Tom gets like a a half a penny every time that happens. And uh, you know, that'll help sometime. And uh, you know, hey, uh have a happy Halloween and uh keep gaming.
0: I take care have like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as fuck on the streets,
1: my hands were all bloody for punching on the concrete. God damn, homie. My mind is playing tricks on me. We'll mm-hmm.